Coming at you live from the KTSW studios in San Marcos, Texas, this is Bobcat Radio. Good morning, Bobcat and Rattler fans, and welcome to this Wednesday edition of Bobcat Radio here on the 22nd of February. This is your host, Colton Gibson, and today I'm joined by my producer, Orlando Smart, and co-hosts David Castaneda and Autumn Darter. We have a jam-packed show here on this beautiful Wednesday morning in San Marvelous, but before we get started, let's throw it to Autumn for a quick word from our sponsor. Twin Peaks Restaurant and Sports Bar is the sponsor of this broadcast of Bobcat Radio. Located on the northbound frontage road of I-35 at Guadalupe Street in San Marcos, Twin Peaks has bites, wings, burgers, sandwiches, and more. Info and menu at TwinPeaksRestaurant.com. Twin Peaks. Eats, drinks, scenic views. We are going to go ahead and get started with some Texas State basketball and how each team is looking as they head into the Sunbelt Conference Tournament in Pensacola. Starting with Texas State women's basketball, currently have a record of 19 and 8, 11 and 5 in Sunbelt Conference. They're coming off of a 77 to 57 win versus the Southern Alabama Jaguars this past Saturday. And the Bobcats have now won four out of their last five games as they look to keep a good streak going into the Sunbelt Conference tournament. Uh, they, they've, they're winning the games that they need to win, and now they're going on the road to face a tough Louisiana team who they haven't had much success in the past. So what do y'all think that they need to do to take care of business and keep this hot streak going into the tournament? Yeah, I mean, to start off, we've talked about it before. It's important to get those. It's important to get on a winning streak at the very tail end of the season. And if you look at the numbers from last game, Denasia Hood, 21 points, Lauren Thompson, 14 points, Kennedy Taylor, 13 points. It's very important that the whole team is playing their part and as a team with good chemistry. And this is exactly how this team is looking like. Like you said, four of their last five, very impressive. And I think they're going to carry it into the tournament. Yeah, I agree. I think playing as a team is very important. I think the girls definitely struggled a little bit in the beginning, but they definitely pulled it together and they're doing pretty well so far. So, like, I, in my opinion, they just they have to continue what they've been doing. They just have to keep riding their, the seniors that they have. Like you said, Kennedy Taylor, Denasia Hood, they've been leading this team in every aspect of the way. Kennedy Taylor, this past Saturday, just became the Sun Belt's all-time career assist record holder. She passed. It was a 36-year record that she held, that was held by Clement Haskins from Western Kentucky. And so she's just that just shows how long she's been here. She's been putting in the work. She's a four, she's a she's been starting the past few years. She's been leading this team in assists and as a senior point guard, that's what you need to go into the into the tournament. That that type of leadership, that type of just potential just just to go on and continue to get her teammates involved is that's huge going into the tournament yeah i mentioned this tough louisiana team uh the all-time series between texas state and louisiana is texas state trails at 10 to 16 and earlier this season the bobcats lost to the raging cajuns 71 to 51 and that's the second largest margin of defeat in any game this season for the bobcats so obviously it was a tough go around the first time they played them but now I think, you know, the Bobcats know what they're playing for. They know that they're playing for seeding in the tournament at this point. They're up there at the top with tied for the second best record with two other teams, just trailing Troy and uh, James Madison by one game now. So with these last two games, they know how much winning one game, no matter how tough the opponent can really help them out in the tournament. 
Yeah, no, absolutely. And um, like like I said, when you get to that little tail end of the stretch, um, you know, you got to get it done. I'm not sure how the other Sunbelt teams are looking, but what's important is they focus on themselves and um, they have the right players stepping up at the right time. Um, yeah. As I mentioned, Bobcats will take on the Louisiana Raging Cajuns on Wednesday at 5 p.m. for their second-to-last game of the season. But now looking over to men's basketball, have a record of 13-16, and 16, the 6-10 and 10 record in the Sunbelt Conference, which is, I don't know if I want to say good for 11th place, but the record puts them at 11th place. But that the good news is they are coming off of a win, 78-75 to 75 win against Coastal Carolina this past Saturday. And I, I guess towards the end of the season, maybe the season that wasn't what we thought it was going to be at the beginning, at least they're starting to string together some wins now. And, you know, they're they're getting hot at the right time with the potential to upset some people in the tournament. Yeah, definitely. Um, me and Joey talked about it in one of our broadcasts that, you know, this team has been struggling. They've had a place where where they've had a kind of a spot open in the roster for somebody to step up, step up as a lever, leader since Caleb Asbury left. And, you know, you've seen that all season long with, you know, no disrespect to the team at all, but they have not been performing how they should be or how they performed last year. Um, but then again, you know, we talked about, I believe it was Arkansas State last year that made a run in the tournament from that eighth seed so not all hope is lost for this team, you know. Um, they're, they're still winning games. They're winning the games that they need to win. They're beating the teams that are, you know, below them or around them in the standings, but they're just having uh, their struggles with the top teams. Again, through that spot, you can make a, you could still make a run in the tournament, and uh, I believe that they can do that. I think another part about this team is that they really need the crowd to get going. I mean, I was there at a few of the home games and more people that were there and cheering them on. I think that they performed way better. Um, I talked to Nigel Caesar after the game and he said that like, you know, if we get more students, we get the crowd going, it really gets us going to seal those really close games. And I think that's important to add. I mean, I know we can't be there at every game, but being there when we can, I think is really going to help us not only in basketball but with the athletics and Nigel Caesar's doing great among other but I really see him performing in these close games and he's just getting those points you know every single point matters and he's really I think just been a really great asset to the team so far in this season I agree with you David when you were saying talking about how beating the teams that they that, that are right around their record wise and then just right around their level is monumental for them right now because I mean, they are struggling with those top-ranked teams, so if they can build momentum against the teams that are right around them, that could help them when it comes to the top-ranked teams. And with their up, they only have two <coughs> games left, and so they have South Alabama, which is a team that's right around their right around their caliber. And then they, it's a team that they beat earlier in this season, so they should be able to handle business against them and use that momentum against Southern Miss, who's one of the top teams in the conference. So they just need to use these last two games to really focus on and get and ha coach CJ needs to get them focused on the things that they do well to continue to beating the teams that they've been beating like South Alabama and then just to be able to use that momentum because that's one thing that they haven't been able to do it's, there's been a lot of inconsistencies with the team this year 
like they when they win a game it doesn't really build off nothing builds from that they need to be able to stack wins and because it's, when it comes to the tournament one win isn't enough you need to be able to win back to back to back to back and build off like i keep saying momentum that's that's gonna be my word for the day it's just because you need that's it's huge when you into a tournament like this especially when you've been struggling all season we've said it on past episodes that once it gets to the tournament, it's everyone's record is wiped clean. The past two years, they've Texas State has been number one in the tournament going into it, but that didn't even matter much. So, if they can turn their season around, that's what it's going to take. It's going to take momentum being built and then going on a run when it matters most. Yeah, you mentioned the last time these teams play, the Bobcats did get the upper hand on South Alabama, uh, but now South Alabama has has done exactly what we're hoping the Bobcats do. They've strung a couple wins together and have actually jumped Texas State in, in the standings and are just above them by two games now. Uh, but as you mentioned, the Bobcats really have been taking care of business against these teams that have been around them in the standings and below them in the standings. So, you know, hopefully it being the second-to-last home game, you know, maybe a lot of students are trying to get their name in there for that tuition half-court shot or whatever. But I think a lot of people are going to be excited to see you know, the last home stretch for this team. And of course that will happen Wednesday at 7 PM. As I mentioned, the second to last home game where the Texas state Bobcats take on the South Alabama Jaguars. And we're going to take a quick break, but on the other side of it, we're going to talk about the Rattlers first round success and what they have to look forward to in round number two. So don't go anywhere. You're listening to Bobcat radio on KTSW 89.9. Welcome back to this Wednesday edition of Bobcat radio. In the studio with me, I have my producer Orlando Smart and co-hosts David Castaneda and Autumn Darter. This is your host, Colton Gibson. As I said before the break, the San Marcos High School Rattlers outlasted the Clark Cougars in last night's playoff opener, and they now set their sights on the Westlake Chaparrals in round number two. It was a 50-46 to win last night and a very close one at that. San Marcos kind of trailed for most of the game as Clark put on a defensive clinic through the first three quarters, and it just took a couple minutes to turn it around. And Caden Gums, Malik Presley, all those guys we've been talking about all year found a way to put this team on top. Yeah, I got to uh, be at the last game where they were able to clinch district, and I had a chance to speak with Mal- First of all, the game was an absolute domination. Uh, not this last game, but the last game of the season in district. I got the chance to speak to Malik Presley, and from the moment I, I talked to him, I knew that they were going to be able to do something special. And although it's just the first round, I really think that they got something up their sleeve here. I was uh, I was able to listen to it in my car, and, I mean, just I kind of wish I was there. The environment sounded insane. It sounded like the entire student section was going crazy, and from when I was listening, when I started listening, I believe they were down seven or eight, and that was with a little bit of time in the fourth quarter, a very low-scoring game. I believe it was like 20 under what their previous low was in the season, which just goes to show you, you know, how much is in, how much is at stake here, including the San Marcos High defense. You know, they really stepped up, but, you know, when it mattered most, Caden uh, Gums, man, what a game for him. And I'm excited to see what this team can do uh, in the future games. Yeah, I mean, this this San Marcos team, they've been playing well all season. So, I mean, it would be, it, it would be uh, it's like hard to say this, but, I mean, anything other than winning that first playoff game could, would have been kind of disappointing yeah. just because they were so dominant all year. And 
this Clark team, they played very well. And, like, teams aren't going to just let San Marcos come through and just run through them all year. San Marcos is earning these wins. San Marcos was losing for the majority of the game up until the very end where, like like you said, Caden Gums and Malik Presley, they took over this game. They were the they showed why they were some of the top players in this in the state of Texas, and it showed. Like, I mean, San Marcos, they, it just shows the fight that they've had all year, just the resiliency that they've had and the senior leadership that they have. They, they're a team, like you said, they can do something special if they can continue this up. And the team they have next, anyone who's from Central Texas area knows that Westlake is amazing at all sports, baseball, football, basketball. They have the top players always. So this is this is one of the biggest challenges. This is this is going to be probably one of the hardest roads to a state championship because after this game, there's a team that they have, they have potential to play. Stony Point from Round Rock is a team, one of the only teams that that beat San Marcos this year. So if San Marcos does want to do something special, they're going to have to beat the best of the best. I mean, and that would show that they were the best of the best. So I feel like that they're, they're ready for this, that they've shown that they can do this. They're, the dominance that they've shown all year has only just been a test to get to this tournament and do something special, like you said, David. Yeah, like you said, Orlando, the senior leadership this year, I mean, it's something I don't think I've ever seen in high school sports, even when I played um, as a senior. It's amazing the type of chemistry they have in this team and just watching them play, it just gets you excited. You just want to see more. You don't want the game to even end. And Malik Presley has shown such great leadership, like you said, and I just I really think that they're going to do well in playoffs because um, they just play so well together. They have fun with it. Yeah, they took care of business against Clark, able to finish them off in the you know the end of that game. And now looking forward to Westlake. This is a team that they have plenty of experience against. All the older players on this team have gotten to play against Westlake in past years, you know, sharing a um, in a conference with them and, and playing them multiple times in a season. I just want to look at these two teams. San Marcos is 35 and 3 in the year. Westlake 31 and 4. The fact that this is a second round matchup in the, the playoffs is insane. These are Definitely two of the best teams in the entire bracket and that they're playing each other in the second round. It's going to be an exciting atmosphere. Uh, that game is going to take place this Friday at 7.30 p.m. Uh, just announced going to be at Austin Bowie High School. So, you know, a kind of a far trek from here, but definitely make make the trip to go see the Rattlers play in the playoffs and see how they, they fare off against Westlake. It's going to be a great game. Uh, Looking past this, they, the way the bracket lines up, they would play the winner of Reagan and Round Rock. So lots of, of big-name teams, lots of good basketball schools going in this bracket. And on this side of the bracket, it's not going to be an easy road to get to the state championship that the Rattlers are looking for. But if they earn it and they make it all the way there, they know that they did it, and they, they know that they beat the best teams in Texas. So as I mentioned, Friday at 7.30 at Bowie High School, where the Rattlers will take on the Westlake Chaparrals. But moving forward, we're going to look at some Texas State baseball and softball, starting off with the baseball team who opened up their season with a 3-0 sweep over the Northwestern Wildcats of the Big Ten that completed with a 24-9 win on Sunday. And wow is all I can say, that you put up 56 runs in an opening weekend of baseball is crazy. And it's a great start to the season for a team that lost a lot of their their firepower at the top kind of similarly to the way the basketball team did but it doesn't appear that baseball is going away anytime soon man i mean yeah man i mean 
what a start for baseball this year and, you know, kind of just riding off exactly how they finished like last year in terms of Sunbelt play at least. Um, you know, like you said, 50, 50 something, 50 something runs against Northwestern, who, by the way, is a Big Ten team. They play against schools like Michigan, Ohio State. I mean, that's pretty crazy, um, in in my opinion. And and they got those runs going early. You know, I believe one game they were trailing. Uh, I believe it was the second game they were trailing uh, 2-0 in the third. And that didn't slow them down at all. Their pitching, their hitting has been absolutely stellar this uh this season and I can't wait to see them carry it into the next games. Yeah, I mean Slam Marcus is back. And it's very safe to say that. I mean, like that's insane. Fifty six runs in three baseball games is almost unheard of. And with the like you said, it's continuing from last season. They had even with I know a lot of people were kind of worried because some of the best players on the team last year were drafted into the MLB. So it's like congratulations to them, but you kind of want to, you kind of get worried about like how the team will continue to perform. But then when you have a freshman come in and he has three at bats with three home runs, I mean, that's just insane. Chase Mora, freshman, true freshman from Tomball, Texas, his first three at bats as a college, as a collegiate player have been home runs. That kid is, if that's just a, a peek into what his career here is going to be, then he's just, he has just the potential to be one of the best players we've ever seen. That's like something like that might, might not be sustainable, but just that type of hitting that type of poise to come in at your first three at bats. He's never, he's never taken a pitch from a college player and that everyone knows that it's not just a seamless transition from high school to college. Like they can be the best you can be when you get to college Everyone was the best player at their high school, most likely, especially at a D1 college like this. Most players on our team, on Texas State's team, were the best player at their high school. So to continue that into college is just, just, just shows the potential that that kid has. Yeah, uh, I love baseball. It is seriously one of my favorite sports. I love watching it. It's um, my dad was my softball coach, so I really love um, talking to the guys. You know, they I see them around a lot. And Ryan Leary, Ryan Leary, sorry, um, had a really good game. You know, he's a sophomore, so seeing that kid be so young, and I think he's actually having some leadership on the team and getting the crowd going. You know, and uh, I just think that this team is like. David said, riding off the Sun Belt last year, you know, that hard loss against Stanford. I know everyone was just really upset about that, but um, they did really well. And I think that that didn't really break them. You know, I think it's kind of motivating them to do even better and just get better this year. So, yeah. Yeah, Orlando, you mentioned Chase Moore. I just want to kind of take a look back at the accolades that the team racked up this weekend. The freshman Chase Mora going three for three with three home runs in his first collegiate at bats won uh, hitter of the week from National Collegiate Baseball Writers Association and then also won a National Player of the Week from Collegiate Baseball. So he's bringing in many accolades after taking only three at-bats at the collegiate level. And then as far as Sunbelt honors go, Jose Gonzalez wins um, Sunbelt Player of the Week as he batted 700 with two doubles, two homers, and nine RBIs over the opening weekend. And then Levi Wells is the Pitcher of the Week. So... Picking up right where they left off, even, you know, it was a, a rough loss to end the season last year. They're definitely picking up right where they left off with the exact same guys that were doing it last year. And they're looking to to come back and 
you know, maybe get to host a regional. I, I want to point out, I was kind of upset that, you know, the the baseball rankings came out and Texas State, I think, was snubbed a little bit, yeah. uh, not getting put in the top 25 after putting up 50-plus runs against a Power 5 school. Uh, but they have another series this weekend with a chance to kind of do the same thing and see what happens. Uh, so they play three games this weekend against the Oral Roberts Golden Eagles. That'll be Friday at 6, Saturday at 2.30, and Sunday at 1. You know, Oral Roberts is a team that I remember kind of making a, a run in the March Madness tournament a couple years ago, but I'm not sure how they are at baseball. So we will see this weekend as the Bobcats try to, to put their name in the running for those top 25 rankings. But now looking over to Texas State softball, who have opened up their season at 6-4. and four. Had a tournament this past weekend as they went 3-2 and two at the I-35 tournament with wins against Lamar and two against South Dakota State and taking a loss to South Dakota State and then New Mexico State in the closer. You know, how did y'all think these Bobcats performed over this past weekend in this tournament? Yeah, I mean, I've been able to call several of their games this season and, you know, they have been a fun team to watch. I believe I called the first game against South Dakota State and that one wasn't good to watch. Um, we struggled to get our offense going in that game. Uh, actually, yeah, it was me and Kobe on the call for that one. And, um, you know, I talked about it with Kobe during the broadcast that this is a team that kind of has the same formula going into every single game. They like to get their runs towards the middle. They, they have a feeling out process in the first two or three innings, and towards the middle of the game is when they get their runs the problem with that, however, and this was the case in the game that we called South Dakota State, and within the first two innings, we're able to put up two runs. And that automatically put um, Texas State under pressure to start swinging, to start feeling like they needed to do a little bit more, get out of their game plan. And then you could see that because those were the only two runs that were scored that game. Texas, uh, Texas State, I believe, left 10 runners on base that game and I believe five of them were in scoring position which you know is not the way you want to go this is old news obviously but uh, I'm just saying the way it is with this team not necessarily a bad formula but it's just interesting to watch and uh, overall I believe that they've had a good season to this point I definitely agree that they've had a, a pretty good season so far and one thing that I can say that about the Bobcats is I feel like they'll definitely be looking to bounce back against from uh, from this New Mexico State game that they just had and lost because one thing that they've shown so far this season, although it is very early on in the season, is that bounce back factor. They lost their first game against uh, Wichita State 2-3 to three, and then came back and dominated Kent State in an 8-0 in an win and then a 5-1 to one win. And then against that South Dakota State team, like you said, they lost that. It wasn't that great to watch. They lost zero to two, but then bounced back against them and won three to one, nine to one in those next two games and to complete that series. So I definitely feel like the Bobcats will be able to bounce back after losing to New Mexico State. And they have the Texas State Classic coming up, which is it'll be here in San Marcos. So they'll be able to dominate at home against some teams that UTSA isn't doing that well. And the rivalry there, I mean, every Texas State team is looking to dominate UTSA. So feel like this bounce back game will be huge for them yeah I'll say uh softball is really fast so I mean if you're not getting those runs early on it's kind of hard to come back but they've like made it happen and that's really good quality in a team to have so I think moving on probably 
you know, try to start off early as fast as you can because, I mean, you'll blink and you're already in the fourth inning and you have like three left. So it is hard, but they are doing well and I'm excited to see them play. Yeah, I got to call those last two games of this past tournament with Giancarlo and we mentioned on that broadcast that the team has just been a little inconsistent to start off. Uh, They're either you know, run rolling teams in five innings or they're struggling to get runners on base and there really hasn't been any in between. In the two games we saw South Dakota State, they won nine to one in five. And then against New Mexico State, it didn't it took until I think the fifth inning to even get a base runner on. So, you know, they just have to find some some level of consistency. And even if you don't score nine runs every game, try to maybe put five runs every game and just just try to make it a more even number to the point where you're not struggling to put runs up on the board yeah no I agree and and like you said uh Colton it's the inconsistencies we see they have these tournaments where they do you know three games in one day and we see one game where they look like the best team in the country and the next game you know they can't find a run and I did want to add on that you know in these tournaments, they are playing teams they're very unfamiliar with. They're playing teams that are, <clears throat> you know, more up north because of the weather difference around this time of the year. So it kind of goes the same for both teams, but it's very hard to prepare for matchups like these. Uh, you know, not to mention that it's very early on in the season and, you know, not everybody's all warmed up and all there yet. So this isn't an excuse, to, you know, to be losing to these teams necessarily, but it's just something to have in mind. Well, they'll have six games this weekend at the Texas State Classic. Those games are Thursday at 2 against UTSA, Thursday at 4.30 against UT Arlington, and then Friday they'll take on Kansas at 4 p.m., Colorado State at 6.30 p.m., Saturday just one game at 6.30 p.m. against UT Arlington, and then Sunday at noon against Colorado State. So lots of opportunities to get hot again and put some more wins up on the board. But before we wrap up, Uh, Obviously, not a ton of national stuff going on right now, so we stuck to local for the most part. But I do want to mention that this weekend, baseball is back. Spring training begins. All of the teams have begun to report and are chilling in. I would much rather be in Florida than Arizona, but (laughs) obviously, baseball is back. I'm personally very excited, that being my favorite sport. Uh, Who else is excited about, you know, baseball coming back up this weekend? Yeah, absolutely. I'm excited for the Astros to, uh, you know, go back to back. That's my unbiased opinion. But yeah, I'm hyped for that. Oh, man, I want the Mariners to get back to the playoffs for the the second time. And who knows, and however many years it was, that's that'll be huge for them. That's a building organization right there. Well, before we wrap up this morning, we are going to throw it over to David for a little San Marcos weather update. All right, y'all. So we're going to go through the weather till next Friday. For today, we're going to have a high of 85 and a low of 62. Tomorrow, Thursday, we're going to have a high of 80 with a low of 59. Friday, which is when you're going to be watching the basketball game. Or no, that's tonight, too. Yeah, but 80 and 63 is the low. Saturday, 80 and 63 is the low. Sunday, a little bit of a breeze, 82 with a 66 low. And Monday, we're going to have an 80 with a 53 low. All right. Well, that's all of our time today for today. So make sure to keep up with everything Texas State and San Marcos related by following us at KTSW Sports on Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. For David Castaneda, Autumn Darter, and Orlando Smart, I'm Colton Gibson. 
Thank you for listening to this edition of Bobcat Radio. We hope you tune in again Friday and have a great rest of your day. But for now, let's get you back to the other side of radio.